Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Hey, everybody. Oh, hello. I'm so happy you're listening to us. Welcome to The Brighter Side. I'm Amber Nelson. I'm Ed Larson. How you doing, guys? I love you. You're beautiful. You're so fucking cute. <laughs> so we're going to ask you something real quick and silly. We're going to ask you to do a survey. It's easy, less than one minute to do. And we're only going to ask a couple, you know, really important questions like... Dog, your favorite dog growing up. Your mother's address. Mm. Because we're going to come say hi to her. No, it's very easy. It's very impersonal. We don't need your email address. We don't need any personal information. You really helped the show. Please just go check it out. The link to it's in the show description that you got right there in front of you. It's just you're staring you right in the face. Oh, just click on it. You know you want to. But we thank you so much for being here and listening to us. And now, on to the brighter side. going on this is the brighter side i'm ed larson and with me today in new york city is cena gaznavi how you doing pal? <laughs> i'm so broke all right well today we're talking about student loans sometimes we like to put it out there to our fans what do you want to talk about what do we what do you need the brighter side of and the overwhelming amount of people who have told us to do the brighter side of student loans is astronomical because it is affecting most of our listeners, most of my friends, and God, frankly, most of America. And if you want an education, you're going to pay for it. And there isn't many other options. And so for like me personally, I remember I had a college fund that my parents started for me years and years, my whole life. And then right before I went to college, they're like, Eddie, we kind of need the money. <laughs> and so, you know, I didn't finish college, you know, like, and so I don't have student loans. So, you know, I got a little bit of credit card debt, but I never had to deal with student loans. And so when I see my friends crying about it, I don't really know much about it. So this is going to be a learning experience for me today. But someone who does, does know a little bit about student loans and what this does to the people of this goddamn country 
is Mr. Cena Gaznavi. How you doing, buddy? Oh, man, this is exciting. I've been talking about this. I always like to do, when, you know, when I was doing stand-up, I would like to talk about my student loans, and I would try to get a, a gauge of the audience. And I would say, like, hey, raise your hand if you got more than $10,000 in student loans. And then, like, a lot of people would raise their hand. I'd be like, all right, raise your hand if you got more than $50,000 in student loans. And then, like, you know, fewer people would raise their hand. And then I would say, raise your hand if you have $100,000 or more in student loans. And then it would be, like, maybe a few people. And then I'd say 200. There'd be one person. And they would be very arrogantly saying, like, no one's got more than me. And then I'd say, if you have more than $300,000 in student loans, raise your hand. And then... <laughs> and then everyone would just stand in silence. And I can't remember if there was a joke there that yeah. I would do, which is generally indicative of my comedy. Uh, but I would just say, yeah, I have over $300,000 in student loans. Fuck. And it is something that I've talked about publicly and is something that I want to continue to talk about publicly because it is a, a crime what the government and the higher education systems have done to... Uh, young people across the country, and not just undergraduates, right? I think we're talking about graduate schools. When I went into law school in 2008, that's when the financial crisis happened. Yeah. So everyone, when a, there's a huge downturn in a market, graduate school uh, attendance rates go up because everyone's like, all right, well, if I'm not going to be able to work, I might as well train up and learn something new so that I can work in the economy when it starts to rebound. And yeah. that's a reasonable way to look at things. But how much does it cost to go to law school? $260,000. Just to go to basic law school. Yeah, I mean, well, it's a private like law Cooney? school. No, not a CUNY, but I went to, so I had to go part-time at night. So I was actually even working during the day as a producer mm -hmm. and then going to school at night. And I even took summer class to try to finish. Instead of four years, I finished in three and a half, but I took summer classes as well. So I was, you remember, I was constantly I going to I didn't talk class. to you for a couple of years. <laughs> exactly. It was like occasionally you would come out. You're like, let's do drugs. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, when I did go out, I went on hard. <laughs> remember the time I bought all the mushrooms? Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're like, this is too much for anybody. <laughs> no one got mushrooms that summer because I bought them all. Uh, <laughs> That's right. I went to my guy and I was just like, hey, you know, come in. It's like, it's gone. <laughs> this weird Arabian guy came in here. <laughs> Bought me out. <laughs> and then you called me and you're like, what'd you do? I was like, hey, man, what are you going to do? do you, I'm in the trenches over here. <laughs> as much help as I can get. I forgot all about that. So uh, it's crazy. And it was, uh, you know, I'm. And there's a so there's a couple parts to this. There's one part which is just the cost of higher education, of not just undergraduate degrees but graduate degrees as well. First of all, I don't think you need three years to go to law school. That's what it would be, take for a normal person to go to law school. Uh, I think you need two years and you can be done. That extra year is kind of bullshit. Really? I mean, everyone who I know is studying for the bar. It's ruining their life. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you could do two years of all your like basic studies and then a year should just be like you working, like a like a year-long internship because the, law school doesn't actually teach you how to be a lawyer. They just teach you all the stuff in the books that you kind of need to learn. They don't teach you like all the experience and the fundamentals of like what a, what a real lawyer actually actually has to do mm -hmm. two years of schoolwork and then you do a year of like apprenticeship or something and then you should just take the bar exam and there's like loans even for that people take loans out just to do the bar review course because that's like five it's five a full-time job learning oh so my you really god can't even have a job when you're learning and you have to have a full-time adderall addiction so that takes 
up a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, doctors and lawyers all have that horrible Adderall addiction. Oh, yeah. I think lawyers are a little bit worse. I mean, doctors are kind of groomed from the very beginning. But, like, yeah, they have to memorize a lot of stuff, and they yeah. take a lot of that well, Adderall. doctors just, you know, give it to themselves. They just, they just prescribe themselves. <laughs> they just <laughs> shoot themselves up full of Adderall every day. So, so it's I find it interesting that we've been talking about student loans for about four minutes now and we've already brought up drugs twice <laughs> and it's just like it's like what else what can ha- you do that's what, what happens yeah. though with these things i mean you're giving the loans to the youngest people in the fucking country and like eventually you know they're gonna have to turn to other things to like you know rationalize exactly and, and you and you know what that makes me think of is that we you know, we just said like the cost of higher education is just skyrocketing still and we'll, we'll get back to that in a second mm-hmm. but it's at a young age, we're not teaching teens or high schoolers or even college students what it means to take out a bunch of loans and yeah. what that means over the course of your life. There's no like financial planning training or anything like that. There's just like, hey, you've got no choice. If you want an education, you've got to take out all these loans. And the government's like, hey, we want you to get an education, so we'll give you those loans. Or the banks will say, we'll give you those loans because we know how much of a, a need it is. And then the higher education institutions say, oh, wait, these kids aren't even coming with their mommy and daddy's money a lot of the times. They're coming with money that's just coming from a bank or the, or the, the government. So they say, I could charge whatever I want then. Yeah, so tuition is way more expensive now than it's ever been, right? Yes. And how like and why do they why does it keep rising with inflation or is it is well, it rise faster than that? Way faster, way way way. Inflation's a few points every year. You know what I mean? There's it's not that much. Uh, what you really have is a lot of these public institutions, all these big universities, are trying to act like corporations. They're having huge research projects. They want to hire uh, top tier professor talent. They want to do what NYU does and and build campuses in like Abu Dhabi and shit like that. Mm-hmm. They want to do all these different things and then they they want to have like a fancy place like my law school in tribeca new york law school has like a super fancy building that they that they paid for part of that was from the tuition dollars they got in but a lot of it was from they sold a building they sold all the air rights to the building they had i mean they want to make a fancy thing because it's competitive now and we have the best education system in the world but that's because we've been dumping money into it for a long time yeah and uh, and I just looked this up real quick. I mean, it's right. It's right there. Uh, in the 1980s, it was nine thousand from an average nine thousand five hundred dollars, and then 2010, twenty seven thousand three hundred dollars. I mean, that goes up three hundred percent in fucking yeah thirty years. And, it's it, that's crazy. Talk. And, and exactly. And and I think the idea of, and that's just average bottom barrel bullshit fucking yeah, you're like your state, school. yeah you're like state schools or whatever your normal public institutions and that's not even getting into like the private institutions mm-hmm. right and so we do have the best higher education right not just regular education but just higher education kids from all over the world come to american universities we trained the bin ladens didn't we i think we did that we train all kinds of fuckers <laughs> yeah so it's it's there's one thing where these institutions look at the, the, the money that's coming in they're like why should we stop and Obama, when he was in office, and the Department of Education and Congress was like, all right, well, we should at least make it a little easier for people to pay off these loans. But like every other kind of like progressive liberal policy, it's got full of heart, but then the proof's in the pudding and the devil's in the details. And sometimes um, these things don't work out when it yes. goes through the legislative process. So 
He wanted to make it easier, so he added one really amazing thing, which uh, is still really useful for a lot of people today. And if and if you're getting out of school now, you should really look into this. And that's the public service option. Okay. And that's you could take out your loans, and if you work in the public sector, so let's say government or nonprofit, defense attorney, prosecutor, exactly, or like for a nonprofit organization, mm-hmm. uh, you can work there for ten years, and then your loans will be forgiven tax free. That's beautiful. 10 years, yeah. And you just have to make your payments during that 10-year period on time every time. I feel like we should be forced to do stuff like that anyway. I, I, if I were to go back and maybe do it again, I maybe would do that. But like at the same time, it's it's it still would be an extreme thing. Can you take a rain check and be like, I'll do that for like I'm 50 just, to 60? Just, exactly. <laughs> How about I do a little half and half? Yeah, I'll do one year now and like I'll do three in a couple years. and just Let me make some money, you fuck. Where I go, I'll do improv for the troops for a year. Does that count? So that's one option. That's what I know a lot of people have done. And right now, Trump and DeVos are trying to actually eliminate that program entirely. Really? Yes. They're, they just they just just came out. Do they really lose that much money on this? Well, there's they say there's a bubble that's happening, and they're not necessarily wrong. But th- it's like, why would you, when you're going to go attack something— mm-hmm. Why not attack the cost of higher education first? Because that is the original sin of this whole thing. That's what I was thinking. I think of these things in way too basic of terms, and I know that like people look at me like I'm a lunatic sometimes. But like with that, it's just like just lower the price. Why is it so expensive? I don't think you. I don't look at you as a lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very reasonable thing to say. Yeah, because it gets it, just no way they're spending all of this money. And then when it comes to schools, like, all right, for example, I was in Tallahassee. I went to TCC, but I went to community college, but all my friends went to FSU, spent lots and lots of money, have still have crazy debt from going to fucking theater school. And it's just like, where are they spending all this fucking money? The football team's bringing in 100,000 people every week. You know, you're selling merch out the fucking ass all across the world. You know, and it's just like, where is this money going? Like where, like how, how is it being distributed? Why does the price keep going up? It's just greed, right? It, and the government could go in and say, "Listen, we're the ones putting all the money into your pocket, right? We're the ones that are funding all of these universities because the students come in, they take the loans out, they're taking them now a lot from the from federal student loan stuff, and yeah. so the servicers may be a private bank or something like that. Now the Department of Education owns a lot of those loans, but." That's the issue. So now Trump and DeVos are trying to like take that away. They're also trying to do another thing where I'm actually in an income-based repayment. So they take 10% of my income every year, and I have to pay that back to the government. That's how I do it. And then after 25 years, uh, that loan gets forgiven. But forgiveness, when it comes to like the government, doesn't really mean forgiveness. Yeah. It doesn't mean like don't worry about it anymore. What's forgiven means you don't have to pay the loan back anymore. But you do have to pay Real it. beats the shit out. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you better say you fell down the steps, little loan. <laughs> and so, so you get that loan forgiven. But then that loan in that year that it's forgiven is taxed like it's income. So if my three hundred, if I let's say it's just still three hundred or two hundred or a hundred, yeah, then it's like I made that much money in the year that the loan is over. 
So they don't have to pay taxes on that. So if it's like over $250,000 left on your loan, that's 40%. That's like a hundred some thousand dollars that you got to pay or a little less than that. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of money for people. And then the average person, you know, has like- You got to pay that back within the year. You got to pay that back in some way. Yeah. Or you go on one of those weird payment plans where you're just like, looks like I'm paying the government for eternity. Ever. Ever. (laughs) And so what's going to happen is some kids are going to, some kids are going to end up having to file for bankruptcy. I, I'm blessed that I have, like, I, I've, I own a home that hopefully is going to raise in value. I have a good job. Yeah, I have, like, you can always ma- just give them your home. I could always just <laughs> give them the roof over my head. But, like, I'm, I'm, I'm in the position, personally, where I'm just going to have to work my butt off to pay off these loans forever because I don't want to, like, go into sort of bankruptcy. I don't want to be like Donald Trump and, like, use the system in this, like, very immoral way, right? Yeah. There are a lot of people out there that may have to go into certain different approaches for all these things, and it's going to be very difficult for them. And, you know, most people don't live in New York, uh, you know, and have this huge amount of money that they owe to the government and then have a job that's able to at least make them— you know, stay above water. Most people owe about $30,000 in student loans, whether they're undergraduate or graduate yeah. or something like that. And that's a lot of money for most of America. When most Fuck of America, yeah, it is. it's a ton of money. And so that's the, that's the issue here. It's not so much guys like me that are having the issue because we'll figure out a way. I mean, Eddie, you and I are already talking about how much fish scale can we travel across from, <laughs> from South America to Miami. That'll take care of this big bang boom, baby. <laughs> Co- well, the ocean's almost out of fish. So. Exactly. Cocaine student loan cowboys, baby. <laughs> you know, it's weird because like 20 years ago, this wasn't exactly a thing. You know, and it's like, so it's changing. I mean, like now you're finding, uh, you you look around and there's more 30-year-olds, more 40-year-olds having to borrow money from their parents because their parents didn't go through this and they were able to get out of college, start making money right away and not paying all of it back. And so now we're looking at a place where people with full-on families aren't able to provide for their families. And these are normal suburban middle-class families. And on top of all this, you go to school now, you go get a job, or you go get like an undergraduate, you go get a job, and then that job is like eliminated by whatever, whether it's globalization, automation, any number of other things. And you're like, well, what the fuck did I go to college for? Yeah, I mean, God forbid you went to college and majored in humanities or something. <laughs> yes. Your old, your old fucking bullshit's wrapped up. It's like, oh, there's only so many skeletons that are. <laughs> I'm really good at thinking about how broke I am. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it's but it's like we haven't seen the repercussions of this yet. Yeah, we truly haven't. I mean, like a little bit, like everyone's broke and whatever. But when our parents die and their money's gone, no one's gonna have money. There is a huge bubble that is happening with this student loan thing, and it's and it's mainly because of this income based repayment thing. It's mainly because the raising co- hiring costs, higher cost of of public education or private education at the at the college and graduate level. And in like 20 years, the country is going to have to face a huge, huge issue where so many people are not going to be able to pay for these loans. And you had this like hilarious vice story where like kids had 15, $20,000 in student loans. They just fucking left the country. They live in France now. They just left. They just left completely because they went to Finland. They could have went to college for free, even though they're American. That's why it's so important. Like when Bernie Sanders said we should provide public education for free to every student in the country, it's a great idea, right? 
When How I, impossible is it? It's very, very impossible to it. It would just be shitty schools, right? It, we would have to. So it's less like. It, it, so again, it's the devils and all the details. Mm-hmm. And what I always have a frustration about when it comes to a lot of things that Bernie promoted, because I'm for socialized health care. I'm for people all having free public education, like state schools should be free. The problem is, how does that get done when you have such a huge uh, business model with these higher education institutions that don't want to change how they're doing business? See, I just think he's a great negotiator. You, you come in, <laughs> you come in, you say it's all free, and everyone's like, "Well, it's not going to be free, so let's work out something." You know, like I, I think it's just good at negotiating tactic. Okay, it's ten dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's ten dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I think it's like I would love to see something like that. Look, Germany ha- offers really inexpensive education. It's free education for people. They, they're doing pretty well. They're like a huge economy in the world. We just have to really fundamentally have a cultural shift in how we think about education. But America's a capitalist society. It's all about the individual. We don't want to necessarily have the same playing field as everyone else all the time. We want to be on the same playing field, but we also want to be able to juice our own deck. We want to stack our own deck if yeah. we need to. If daddy or mommy can get me into Harvard or Uncle Larry can get me into an Ivy League school or if blah, blah, blah was you know a, a sportsman or something like that, I could get into this school or I can use my inheritance to pay for this education. We always want to like stack the deck. That's the American way. Instead of that, I would love a cultural shift to everyone should get a basic level of education. Everyone should have a basic understanding of the Constitution. Well, the stacking the deck, what that all that does essentially is keep the rich rich and the poor poor. Exactly. Yeah, you, know, you get your one in a million scholarship that's going to be allowed to go to Harvard, or you know, there's probably a probably like what i don't know 100 every year or whatever yeah but that's not that much i mean it is it is a blatant you know you just look at it it's like it is blatantly trying to keep people with no money out of money in the price of college and you just say it's not an option for some people and especially i mean god forbid you have a child at a young age and that's that you don't even have a chance and there is another like aspect of this that is starting people are starting to talk a little bit more about and that's technical schools vocational schools or or you know places where like community colleges can provide actual tangible skills culinary school you go for two years it's 150 grand jesus that's so you know crazy. it's like and then you go out and like i remember when i was a chef okay yeah. i became a chef because all the other chefs were drunk and didn't show up for work and yeah. so i was a cook and i kept showing up you for were work drunk and, and showed up for work i, I was drunk and showed up <laughs> and, and so i until i became a chef and so when i became a chef i started hiring kids that were out of uh, it came out of culinary school. They bring in their own chef jackets and their own knives and shit, and they all got a hundred fifty thousand dollars of debt. And it's like I can't give you more than twelve dollars an hour. I'm sorry, you know. And it's just like that's what's happening to these people. And it's like especially when it comes to like specialized schools, like for for cooks and whatever. There isn't a chance. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also what you're seeing, at least in the culinary uh, you know, side of things. People are leaving New York. It used to be like you could get a good job in New York and, and keep that going and like bounce around here. But a lot of people are finding with how the country is kind of like spreading the, the urban centers out a little bit. Mm-hmm. People are moving to Pittsburgh. They're moving to Atlanta. They're moving to like Charlotte. They're moving to like all these different kind of like satellite cities, if you will. And they're starting their own kind of restaurants there. So it's like, yeah, it's very difficult here. And I think you're also going to start seeing things just start to spread out, right? Because you can't make a living here doing that. I mean, New York's done. It's Let's crazy. It. I mean, rent here. I mean, you look, you walk around the Lower East Side or the East Village or 
Williamsburg right now, and it's just a bunch of closed stores. Oh, absolutely. Everywhere you look, I mean, because no one can afford rent. Well, just on that note, de Blasio's thinking about a tax on uh, landlords that leave uh, the places empty because they're asking for such a high rent. And so he's thinking about taxing them if they just leave the storefront open, waiting for someone to just pay a ton of money yeah. and saying, hey, you got to start actually lowering your rent for businesses and small uh, small businesses so they can come in and actually have a, have a life in there. Yeah. None of them miles of Philly's gone. God rest oh, his soul. Oh, no. Yeah. R.I.P., man. Hey, why did the poorhouse leave? That was it was your old stuff. They didn't, they didn't make enough money to stay open. And so they got bought out by it. And that was the number one sports bar in manhattan i can't believe when i worked there we sold are you ready for this we sold the second highest amount of bud light in manhattan where where was the number one madison square garden (laughs) was number one we sold the second we went out of business (laughs) like how is that even possible like it's crazy and then with not with the nine miles of philly when it comes down to the rent there i know we're getting off track but not really when it comes to the is what they do to entrepreneurs if you don't try to go to college and start to start your own business uh, when it comes to that, I mean, that was in the that was in the middle of East Village. They were open for like 14, 15 years, and you know when it comes down to it, you can't sell cheesesteaks to people when you have to charge fifteen dollars a cheesesteak. And what that what that speaks to, right, Eddie, is the fact that when you leave school, you're supposed to have some sort of semblance of a career that you can get into to start repaying that loan off. Yeah. When you face these kind of challenges, where it's like, oh yeah, you wanted to like go to culinary school or let's say business management of some kind, right? You went and got even a master's in business and you're like, I'm going to start a restaurant. Good fucking luck, buddy. Like, first of all, I would never get in the restaurant business. I can't imagine like having food that goes bad right around you. And that's what your business revolves around. It's really intense. You got to cook it or you just lose lots of money. I'd rather be a sniper. Yeah. I'd rather be like a paid sniper assassin. I feel like that would be more relaxing. I can't wait till I get to close down my own restaurant. (laughs) I'm really going to work hard at this. I'm just going to drink and eat heavily for three years and then close the doors. <laughs> Walk out of there with gout and put a smile on your face. Oh, man, that was a lot of crab for three years. <laughs> just dragging the neon sign behind you. <laughs> oh, my God. How many fucking sports stars took all their money and threw it in a restaurant oh, and they're God. completely broke now? There's a lot of Pittsburgh Steeler Hall of Famers that have... That have yeah. Like uh, you know, zero uh, restaurants. Uh, mean Joe out. Green's color greens. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Rod Woodson's barbecue bar and grill, and Jerome Bettis had a place, but I think he sold his restaurant and just went into the barbecue business. Lt had a barbecue restaurant that closed down. God, yeah, something. Guys, come on. Anything? How about like you know Jerome Bettis's quinoa business? <laughs> yeah. Man, even Shula's Steakhouses are going out of business across yeah. the country. And if a Shula's Steakhouse, if a Dodd's the winningest coach I mean, you go of to- all time, <laughs> can't you have a restaurant? Where are we? What are we looking at here? What's the really? What's the big deal? Denver Airport or something's got the Dan Marino Airport. Or was it the no, John Elway? John Elway. Bro, John Elway. He's the only one that's actually making out. He got in the car business. That's the best thing to do. Oh, I mean, he got in the everything business. And yeah. then fucking Peyton Manning, Papa John's. Well, he sold They his will soul. always sell Papa John's. <laughs> yeah, they always sell. And he was sold his soul as well yeah that teabagging son of a bitch yeah uh i mean if papa john's is when it's just started putting tea bags on top of all their pizzas <laughs> <laughs> it's like a protest to paint a little rope roasted pepper <laughs> little tea bag and so like in a lot of kids uh when you get out of college like we were saying you're not even using your degree yeah i mean I how mean, much are you lose using your law degree oh 
every single never minute of any day. Just when your friends call, you're like, see, I need a lawyer. You're like, I'm not a lawyer. Okay, look at this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so many of the friends like to call and say, hey, hey like, you, you, you know this stuff, right? I'm you like, got to represent me. <laughs> yeah. I have actually called uh, for friends that didn't get paid from some businesses. And like, I've called and been like, hey, I'm, I'm the attorney. Hello, hello. I play a better like caricature of an attorney than I play an actual It really attorney. could be anybody doing it (laughs) if you watch enough law and order with sam waterston the older ones you can become a lawyer you know when it comes to law school i mean how much has like law has changed every year it changes every year and so you're learning more than you did say 30 years ago right or no yes and no right well i think there's like the basics of uh, the fundamentals of the law that that i'm just trying to find a way for them to charge more money now than they well well i think what they should do is just do the basics you should learn like constitutional law changes because more cases get decided by the supreme court yeah that should be something that every high school student takes on a very cursory level so they get an understanding of not just what's in the Constitution as like a piece of paper, but actually how it's used in the real world. But geometry, Cena. But geometry. <laughs> but there's all these shapes that I'll never I see know, again. I know, I know. And like, <laughs> it's crazy on how to think about all that stuff, right? It's like... I, I learned so much garbage. Oh, God. If God forbid someone taught me how to do my taxes in high school... God forbid someone taught me to make a cover letter. You know, like, it's just like all these things. And it's like, why did you not teach us these basic balance the checkbook? If someone, even though it's not even a thing anymore. If but- someone could have taught me not to buy Bitcoin a month ago. That would- <laughs> <laughs> Your Invisibucks aren't pairing out. They, are, they will rebound. <laughs> it is, it's for pimps and prostitutes. No, no, no. Drugs, too. but you know there it's it's i'm not sure how this problem is going to get solved i think let's say bernie sanders like becomes president or some other socialist becomes president and he's just like public education is free from now on you still got to deal with all the money that's already been loaned out and that's out there yeah and and the interest rates for these things are so high that's not fair that's super not fair the congress could today right now Congress could say the maximum amount of, of interest rate that a student loan will have is 2% or 3%, yeah. as opposed to 6 7 8% that it's at right now. And a lot of people, that's what's putting people underwater. Like, if you could just pay the interest for a year, that could help a lot of people out of, out of like, really crippling debt. Like, I cannot express the existential pressure that I, I realize now that I've been putting on myself for the past few years on – you know, when I go to pitch a television show or pitch a movie or pitch any type of thing, I'm like, this is going to be helpful for me because I need it. And that, I think, crippled me to a certain extent because you lose the carefree attitude that you have in your 20s of being a free person to, like, do this art in the way you want to do it and to be bold with the decisions you're making. That's the real difficulty here is that people don't even understand or can even uh, uh, actualize the pressure and how it influences all your decisions. I can't leave this house. I can't take another job that's like lower paying. I have to keep up what I'm doing now so that I don't go underwater. And so it's going back to government student loans. I was just there at 7%. Basically, six, seven, or eight percent. Yeah, six, seven, or eight percent. So basically, 
That Common means range, yeah. the government's just making money off of us. Yeah. Off of the fact that we went to college. Yeah. When the government could, in fact, be taking less money from that on these loans. Absolutely. But what happens if people don't pay back? And like, you know, so that's why they do the interest, right? Exactly. So they, they have to basically that's saying like, you know, we're charging you because we're going to forgive this at the end of this loan period or whatever. They're going to say, OK, well, that's like a little bit more of a riskier loan, right? Because we're going to maybe have to forgive a bunch of this loan at the end. So we're going to get paid for that risk at the end of the day. Okay. As opposed to just being like a normal institution saying, hey, uh, it's 30 years. Uh, here's like 2% interest. Just pay it off in this way. Here's It'll be the life that you, you, you just pay it off like a normal kind of loan would be. And so, again, this was like a, a – a, they did a lot of this to try to make it easier for people. Mm-hmm. But when it got through the process of going through Congress and the rulemaking authority, it kind of got bogged down and there were a lot of problems. And then by that time, to try to fix something like this, to even go through the process again, it, there was no, not enough political will to do it. So basically everyone's getting fucked on student loans. She wildly fucked. And it's so you're, you're fucked if you're poor because you can't even get the loan to go to college. And then if you do go to college to get the money, you're going to be paying it off the rest of your life anyway. Yeah. And so basically we're working into a place where no one's going to have money except for the government. Yeah. I mean, the government's always going to have money. And there's a lot of people out there that are saying like, well, how am I going to, you know, I have this conversation with law school friends. I have a con- this conversation with other graduate school kids that are like, I don't even know what to do. There's not even like an answer. And a lot of us are in that kind of position where we're just like, well, I guess we'll just keep paying. And then like, whatever, it'll be like future Cena's problem to deal with this. Yeah. And you're not allowed to do bankruptcy. Yeah, you can't do bankruptcy because student loans are uh, outside of the of bankruptcy uh, proceedings, right? There is a way around it, you were telling me, though? Yeah, so some people, I mean, like when you get... Um, Let's say you do go to the end of the loan and like uh, it does get uh, charged on you like taxes. You could get out of like a tax bill through bankruptcy, but then like your whole life's kind of screwed. Mm -hmm. You can't like buy a car. You can't like buy a home. You can't like if you want to go to get a credit card then like this whole country runs on credit. So it's like. You know, I call that the the Trump option, right? Because Mm -hmm. for Trump, it could work out because Trump's dealing with like millions and bajillions of dollars. And if you file for bankruptcy, then people are like, okay, whatever. And the bank will be like, I'll give you a credit card. It's no big deal. But if you're just like a normal working stiff like all of us are, you're screwed. That's it. You need credit for your life. That's like how this country operates. I got lucky because if you don't have credit, you get to my age. Like I was at like... This is a couple of years ago. I want to say I was 33 at the time. And I had never had a credit card. I just had never had. It just didn't happen. You know, I just decided I wasn't going to go down that road. And then I couldn't get one. They wouldn't. No one would give me a credit card because I'd never had credit. And then I was lucky enough where my, my beautiful girlfriend put me on one of her credit cards. And so I my, my credit rating was like four something. Four. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she put me on her credit card that she'd been paying on time for six years. And my credit immediately jumped up to 750. Yeah. Which was badass. And so I was allowed to get a credit card here and there. But like, it's weird how it just like doesn't matter. 
Like, like, how do you go from 450 to 750 in fucking two days? And that problem, Eddie, happens all the time where people are even like responsible people. They're just like, I'll pay everything with cash or like a debit card or like, I don't want yeah, credit. I literally had cash like hidden all over my house. And you will get this country punishes you for that, right? Yeah, and, you're not even allowed to have your own electricity. Yeah, exactly. If you build solar power and run the electricity through your house, the government will come and take it down. And it better be, you better have a credit card to pay for it. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. It, it's it's really wild. And I think uh, I, I'm, I'm concerned with what's happening with, with what everyone's going to have to go through. You know, the only real solution is for Congress to say, let's reduce the cost of higher education and let's cap the interest rates on these student loans. And then the other like collective cultural shift is going to have to be, how can we lower the cost of of, of higher education across the board for every every single like how do we rethink education not just reduce the cost but just rethink it right uh, uh, 600 universities just put out a bunch of free courses uh, just y- yesterday right no one's going to have to pay tuition for that right you could go yeah. online and take a bunch of free schools there's online academies i'm learning to do virtual reality right now through an online academy that's just like a couple hundred bucks now is this like like a courtroom virtual reality using your law degree no eddie it, no it's just like a, it, <laughs> all of the options i've ever explored you are guilty <laughs> no no oh thank god it's just my fake little reality it's a little vr courtroom <laughs> it's funny that like none of the options i've thought for myself ever involved becoming an actual lawyer <laughs> will you is this law degree going to be useful to you ever I mean, I like knowing. I like having it in the sense that I like. I know. I know how the world works. I know how this country works. Mm-hmm. I know what you're definitely smart as fuck. And I have a question about it. <laughs> you know, I, I come to you first. Yeah, and I think, but I think at the same time, that's not something that is special, right? Like, I think everyone should have the knowledge that I have, or at least it, have a friend like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone should know this stuff. It's crazy, yeah. you know? And so I, I don't think I'll ever necessarily use it, but it's come in handy a couple points, you know, here and there. But, like, is it worth the amount of debt that I'm in right now? No. Did it? Is it the reason that I found my wife, my soon-to-be wife? Yes. And I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. There you go. Oh, so that's, that's the brighter. Yeah. There's a brighter side. We finally <laughs> found one. <laughs> 35 minutes in, there's a brighter side to the fucking student loans. Yeah, yeah. I got a brighter side for the student loans. The banks make money. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so if you're a bank, you know, this is great. This is great. You know, see. These we were out <laughs> drinking with a bank this weekend. He he bought all the drinks. Oh, my God, man. If the banks went out drinking more, this would seem like a, 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 a worthy cause. <laughs> Fucking hate those banks, man. So what is a good way around this other than like working really hard in high school and getting scholarships? I mean, that's basically the only thing that can help you. I mean, you could do what my family did uh, and, and not take the money from you last minute, but like and like slowly put in uh, what are those called? An IRA or uh, there's um, a um, college savings plan. College kind of saving there's plan. like an actual uh, investment vehicle. Yeah. That's in, like you 538. Put, you put it. in like a hundred bucks a month, the kid's whole life. And then by the time he gets 18, there's money for him to go to college. Or, yeah. And there, there's and obviously a like woman, you know, savings accounts to, to start. It's, it's good to start saving early. and stuff <laughs> for that. It's super important to do that. 
It's also, I think, just educating your, yourself on when you do take student loans, what does that actually mean and how does the repayment actually look? Yeah. So that's like something to really think about. I know a lot of people kind of give um, lip service to that. I know I did. And even when I was taking the loans out, I was just like, this is great. I'm working. I'm getting this money. I'll have to pay for it later. But like, whatever, I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And But it's like, no, no, you should figure it out now. And the other thing is it's important to like actually also save for retirement now, even while you're spending money on those student loans and repaying them back. Man, it's so scary. I don't have a dime saved for just retirement. Just start like automatically in your bank account. Just like say like just a couple hundred bucks or just $50 or $20. Just like have it automatically go to like a little savings account that's outside of like your bank website. Don't even look at it. Don't, don't even look at it. Pretend like it's not there. Exactly. It's just like it just gets taken off once a month right off the top. That's what I do. It's been so helpful for me just to like know. And even though it's like tougher to like you know like pay off everything it's at least i know i'm still planning for the future it's but if you ever declare bankruptcy they're going to take that from uh, you you can i don't think they can touch uh, retirement accounts and they stuff can't like, like ira roth ira i'm pretty sure or 401k i don't think they can touch all that stuff okay good good yeah good. so hide your money hide your money but i mean the, the thing is we shouldn't be in a culture where it's like oh let's just do the trump approach right that that we 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 should be a but lot better. You keep better saying that. that. What exactly is the Trump approach? The Trump approach is like when people, if they're going to, like what he did, right? He declared. What exactly did he do? Explain it to people who don't know. When you buy a, a large building, you basically buy it on credit and you build the building out and you say, I'm going to build out all these luxury stores in the first floor and then it's going to be luxury condos. And you basically buy it all. You do it. You build the whole thing on a big credit card, let's say. Yeah. All right. And then. You five got like years five past, million dollars on a credit card, ten million dollars. Try like yeah, like fifty, sixty, seventy million dollars, or a hundred million dollars on a credit on this like big thing, right? And this is like a, a bank that's like giving you this money, and then you say okay, and this is kind of what's happening with the Kushners right now. Then they're like, oh my god, we are, we're in, we're underwater, like two hundred, two hundred fifty million dollars right now, and there's not enough new people coming in right the luxury stores are maybe not bringing in enough money or the condos are not selling as fast and that's not happening so what do you do if you're a business you could file for i think it's chapter 11 or 13 but if you're an individual in the sense on a very smaller scale where like you've maybe just used your credit card to take out let's say a hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars and you're like oh my god i have all this credit card debt i there's no way i can pay it back i just lost my job you declare bankruptcy and that's when your credit Rating takes a hit, so you you know in your case, let's say you would be back down to where you were in the beginning. It could yeah. take a huge hit. It could be in that sense. What does that affect? It means you can't get a credit card, you can't get a car, you can't get a house, you can't do all these like normal things. So you're renting for the rest of your life. Renting with cash for the rest of your life, yeah. and that's you know for some people they're like fuck it, that's what I do right now. And if that's okay for you, like more power to you. But like this country revolves around a lot of that stuff. And also you got to remember, I mean, I rent, Lord knows, and they can just take it from you whenever they want. You know, it's just like three months or like 90 day notice. Like you can get kicked out of anywhere. Don't think you can't like it's that's why you got to own your own shit. And, and, And the other thing is, if you don't have credit, what happens if some medical emergency happens, right? And you don't have the cash to pay for something like that. And you, you don't have an insurance because yeah. you're, you're running low and you don't have the money to pay for $300 a month for insurance. So so credit is not just something that's a, a point of privilege. It is a, a In this country, it is a point of survival. Yeah. And, and it is really important for people to understand that. And, and the brighter side of all that is that the country will give you credit 
all the time, and they will do it. It's unless just, you have no credit. Unless you have no credit. Once you have credit, they'll give it to you. That's the whole ploy. It's really weird. Everyone's just trying to give me money now. I yeah. get calls all the time. It's like, would you like a $50,000 loan? Yeah. And when you hear that, it's the most tempting thing in exactly. the world. You know, but it's like, no, if I do that, my whole rest of my life's fucked. Exactly. And that's the issue. It's like, you just got to get rid of it. You got to understand that that the forces to be in the world out there want you to get all, like they want you to take out as much debt because they'll make money on servicing that debt. So at the end of the day, you just got to be like, you know what? I want a little bit of credit just in case uh, something bad happens or I want to buy a car or uh, something or a home in the future with my family or I want to pay for something. But if you just go nuts, like you buy every fucking gaming system when you're in college, then it's fucking it's not going to really be very useful yeah. for you. For me, it wasn't gaming systems. It was just lots of booze. But I also yeah. did. That was my own money. Exactly. I mean, it's it's just such a crazy thing. So, I mean, I I think the the way education is going to also like turn over on itself eventually soon because the pace at which things have to be taught and learned is speeding up so fast that colleges are not going to keep up. I also think that you know this might be bad advice, but it's my advice. I think a lot of people rush right into college. I, I think agree. that you could take a year, yeah, and you could learn really figure start if you could really try and figure out what you want to do. Shit, man, maybe you don't have to go to college and waste all this fucking money. And I look at my friends who are in the same career as me, and I'm just as far as long, maybe further for some of them, and they have college debt still, and we're doing the same thing. I feel my heart bleeds for them. Yeah. You know, like it's just like you didn't need it. College isn't for everyone. And that's like, a, again, another cultural shift that, that we need to start talking about. And it's, there's a lot of pressure put on you by your families, yeah. by your friends, by your teachers. But sometimes you need to sit down to figure it out. Take a fucking cook job. Take a waitressing job and think about it for a year. Don't get caught in it because you can easily get caught in those restaurant jobs or any other job. But just like think about it for a little while and make sure you know what you want to do. Because if you get into college and you're like three years in, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't want to be a lawyer. I want to be a doctor. You got to start all over. Yeah. You know, and so it's just, it's just going to cost you more and more money. Even I think even that year off isn't necessarily just about um you know, figure out what you want to do, but it's also about, hey, this is what the world's like. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I even went from college and took two years and worked, fixed computers, was doing comedy, doing all this other stuff, then went to law school, it made me understand the law way more than a lot of these kids that just went straight from high school to college to law school. They didn't really know anything about how the world worked. I know. It's very upsetting to hear this. If you're 18, you know, you think that everything you know and you're fine. You don't know shit. I really, I, hate, I know you hear it a lot yeah. and you don't believe it, but I know when I was 18, I was a fucking idiot yeah and so <laughs> and so you, you just take a moment get a little older i mean truth be told i didn't think i don't think i gained any intelligence till i got like 28 29 yeah you know you got to get your ass kicked by the world a couple times before you learn how it works yeah listen david hogg is probably the most woke 18 year old or 17 year old any of us have ever seen mm -hmm. but he still probably doesn't know how to like handle student loans or like financial planning or plan for retirement which is all the things that actually fucking matter when you actually get into your like after your mid 20s and you've kicked all the weird drug addictions that you've had when you were experiencing it and you're in your 30s you're like oh man i gotta figure out what i'm gonna do for the next 70 years because by the way people we're not dying 
We are not dying. We are living forever, or at least to like 120. So like we're yeah. not dying at 70 anymore. No. Hopefully. I don't know. Slamming things now. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, slam fire, shit. Fire yeah. <laughs> so let's we ha- we 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 joked about it a little bit, but let's find some brighter sides to all of this. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, uh, I mean, you go first. I mean, I, I obviously I got to think about it. I don't really know many brighter sides to this kind of thing. I mean, obviously, we 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 know that people are taking money from us. We know the government's taking money. We know banks taking money, and those are two people that really piss us off. I don't care if you're fucking Republican or Democrat. You hate, you know you don't like giving money to banks. <laughs> you know, so I mean, what what is a brighter side to this? I think you. When you get into understanding how your student loans work, you understand how capitalism works. And understanding and knowledge in that sense is makes you a lot more powerful and a lot more of an uh, of like a empowered person in this country. And you start to make better decisions for ju- not just yourself but your family. Yeah. And that is like a weird brighter side, I think, to a certain. It's not necessarily very happy, but at the same time, it's like okay, I get it now. I get what this fucking game is. And there's like a a moral way to play this game, and then there's the Trumpian way to play this game. Yeah. And, like, you can make that choice however way you want it. Like, we could just all start selling ounces of weed all the time. But, like, is that the best thing to do? Do you want to run that risk? Well, uh, now, you, now you become a fucking entrepreneur if you do that. <laughs> exactly. Now th- things are changing. When exactly. I did it, gonna... I went to jail. Exactly. Now I'd be fucking driving a Cadillac. Now you'll be on the cover of <laughs> Forbes magazine. <laughs> so true. I think the brighter side of this is that people, I mean, college... For a lot of people, not for everybody, for I would say a good amount of people, though, college is a fucking scam and a sham. You know, you learn a lot. You learn a lot about life. You you learn a lot about art. You learn about, you know, all these really cool things. You get to take classes on, you know, writing for The Simpsons or you could take a class that's like the Vietnam, the history of the Vietnam War, which is really great knowledge for you to have. But when it comes down to it, is that knowledge worth thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars? You could probably pick up a book and learn that shit on your own. So I think that we're going to start seeing if college keeps going up, I think that we're going to start seeing people not go and people are going to not go and they're going to figure out ways to make money. And there are ways to make money in today's America because it's adjusting. You know, there's not as many cash register jobs as they're used to, you know, because there's the automatic checkouts, you know, like everything's being replaced by computers. And so we're starting to work on computers and we're starting to see people straight out of high school sell apps and sell fucking all kinds of crazy shit and tech tech stuff I don't understand (laughs) at all. But they're making people are finding ways without college to make money. And I think this is going to start to happen. Now, I'm not saying no one should go to college. I'm just saying that weigh out your options and figure out if you need this debt or not. And I think that the two and I think that the less people are going to start going to college and only the people who truly need it will go. And I think that that will help even out the playing field. You can start learning about whatever you want to learn about right now. Yeah. There's not there's zero things stopping you. You don't need to go to college to necessarily do that. College is great for some people, not great for other people. And you people, don't need to go to the most expensive college either. Yeah, everyone needs an education of some kind. You That's not go to a ding dong school. Exactly. Like the like Riza and Jizza are self-taught. Yeah. You know, they, they read a lot. Reading is fundamental at the end of the day. And it's like figure out how you want to educate yourself and go ahead and attack that. Absolutely. I mean, look at what school did Trump go to? He went to a ding dong school, right? He went to the University of Pennsylvania. 
He went to University of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Is he that a good school? It's a w- Ivy League school. Yeah, that's an Ivy League school. <laughs> yeah, I got never heard of it. He, what do you mean? University v- of Pen- Ben Franklin's the school that Ben Franklin made. He went to that. Yeah, he made, he that? made it. Wow. <laughs> I don't know much about schooling, yo. I remember books are for fucking dum dums. I it's like no reading in here, man. You come in here with a bunch of books, I will fucking kick your ass. Out. <laughs> Oh man! So, uh, so any advice? Any for any any further advice? I gave my portion of advice, which is just don't go to college. But uh, like, as someone who had a lot of education, and it's, what what would you have done differently to not accrue this much debt? Uh, I would have probably taken fewer loans out and started doing my like life planning earlier. Right? If I would have had the conversations that I'm having now. Uh, when I was in my 20s, mm-hmm. uh, my life would be very different, right? And and I wouldn't make any changes about anything I did again because I met my wonderful fiance who I'm going to marry soon and I'm so excited about that. Yeah. But start talking about it super early. It's uncomfortable and it's weird. Hey, if you want, just like get drunk while you talk about it with, with someone that's older. Find someone like me or, or, or someone that's in, that's been doing this, that, that has student loans. Yeah. They'll be happy to talk to you about it if you're young and you want to start like planning for your life a little bit. And you don't have to like have a, like a, a rigid plan. Your plan can be really flexible. You could be like, well, if I take out this much, I'll have to do this kind of a job or do this. And it's just like, all right, well, at least you have it in your head as opposed to what I know I did. I was just like, well, I will be selling multiple television shows every year and I will be making hundreds of thousands of dollars oh every year. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's just not real. It's not real. Yeah. <laughs> and so... And that's fine. It's like I'm happy that all those things have happened because, you know, it's brought me to this point now where I'm like loving doing VR and stuff and I'm mm-hmm. loving doing the brighter side with you and I'm loving doing everything else in my life. But at the same time, man, it is challenging. Yeah. Also, uh, here's a little tip. Uh, say you're not like the brightest kid in the world and you got like a C or B average, you know, go to fucking community college for two years, save some money and then get the same degree that everyone else got from going to a state university. When you come out of it, you know, you're, you all get the same piece of paper. So you get, you'll save money for two years and then go and then go into the university. And then you also, when you're in community college, it's easier for you to figure out if what you're doing is for you than if you're at a university and the pressure's on and your money's fucking going fast. But the community college is a little bit cheaper. Like I remember I paid for my community college, but I stopped going because I was going i was skipping school for work and so i was just wasn't logical for me but at the same time you're gonna get more you're gonna get better chance to learn and uh i really hope that's good for you oh you know what shifting gears here anything else on this topic cena no man nothing else i want to shift gears i recently got a message from a fan and i wanted to uh read it and talk about it on air maybe you can help him with it buddy okay um it's it's i think it's a very it's kind of a similar situation and it's someone who's having money problems it's a lot of the advice that people ask me about are usually money problems or relationship problems which i am bad on both but my buddy cena ain't this comes to us from beth and i'm gonna read it to you hey ed i'm a big uh lpn fan and love all you guys and everything you put out in the world i wanted to reach out uh because i have what i think is a good idea for a brighter side episode i'm pursuing a career in opera 
and it fucking sucks a big bag of dicks. You get a college degree only to find out that you're too young to do anything. So you take day jobs and pay the bills on top of your voice uh, on top of your voice teacher and coach on, on an average of hundred and twenty five dollars an hour for lessons. You pay for auditions. You pay for headshots. You pay for classes. Some 90 year old who used to who used to fuck Pavarotti uh, can tear apart any scrap of self-worth you have left. Your parents don't understand why you just can't do become a musician music teacher with a salary that benefits like a normal person it's just a shame because it's such a raw emotion emotional art but people just write it off as boring and stupid which to be fair it definitely can be i'm not going to many opera concerts but i love that it exists it's so cool i love opera but but i don't go yeah but it's (laughs) but it's something that i'm really passionate about and the world needs it you know yeah we can't stop having opera singers absolutely something they're passionate about and if i'm willing to put up with it uh, all this bullshit there must be a brighter side i just haven't seemed to find it yet and put it in the words yet anyway uh, give it some thought because I assume you guys have a lot of listeners who are trying to pursue similar creative artistic fields and might also be looking for a brighter side. Be good to yourself, Beth. I think this is actually goes right just into what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, uh, But I think when it comes to Beth, uh, I think she's doing everything right, frankly. Mm-hmm. Real artists. This is a Sarah Benacasa book. Uh, real artists have day jobs. Yeah. And it's like it's it's only a, a select few that get to do their art 100 percent of the time. And frankly, I think there's a certain extent where this gives you the freedom that you're you know paying the bills, doing whatever work you need to do so that you could be free to make your art. Imagine the kind of like, you know, uh, uh, accommodations you may have to make if your whole livelihood is tied up in your opera or in your art. Right. So uh, but there's you know, some people can make that uh, distinction however way they want. But that's that's the path where you just got to grind it out, work, make it make ends meet. So many. I mean, I do that. You do that. Mm -hmm. Everyone's had to do stuff like this where they do their art and then they're also doing their job. It's not about doing it on the side or this on the side. It's just about all of it kind of works together. Yeah. And also, I would think, I mean, opera obviously is like, I'm not going to call it a dying art form, but it ain't, you know, topping the charts, you know. And so you got to think about, you know, where obviously, like we said, love, I don't like I love opera, the fact that it exists. The idea of it. You know, and I will go to probably three more opera concerts in my life yeah from now on and that's not that much and i'm someone that's more than the average citizen so you got to think that you've you've gone into a field where there isn't much opportunity granted this is something that needs to exist and needs to stay in the zeitgeist and so i would suggest trying to build on it you know and not become a you know if you don't want to become a teacher you don't have to become a teacher but try to create something new with opera. But it's also like what brings you joy from doing opera, right? It, it's obviously difficult when these like old old coaches or whatever are just like beating you down and they say terrible things. That happens in comedy. That happens in acting. Yeah. That happens in any sort of the performance. And arts. also the old coach. I mean, you know, they're just going home to their studio apartment and fucking living with a bunch of cats. So don't you know? You know, don't think that they're better. Than Always them. check the human to cat ratio. <laughs> I think it's incredibly important. Uh, yeah, but I think that that's that's the move there is to just really dial in on what about opera brings you joy. Is it that fact that you get to sing in front of people or 
We have a fire truck trying to perform some opera outside for us. That's fine. Uh, is it that you're that you're really into performing opera in front of people, or is it that you just like to sing? If you just like to sing, maybe you start recording for yourself and doing the opera podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and doing stuff like that. Like, what is it about opera, to Eddie's point, that you could do something new with, or do something that really brings you joy that transcends all of the bullshit that you have to deal with all the time? Yeah, and when you're working in such an old medium, I mean, granted, comedy is also a very old medium. But you know, reinvent it and the, the, try to just rack your brain. You're not. It's not going to take a day. You know, it's good. This is something that might could take 15 years before you figure out what it is. But be happy that the fact that you work so hard and you grind it out all the time, you're still a bet. I bet a better and happier person than a lot of people that hate their job, that go to work every day, and that don't have a passion and get to come home to every night. Yeah, sure. You don't make as much as a dentist, but you're not a fucking dentist playing with teeth all goddamn day. You know, that, that's a disgusting job. You know, so it's just like. <laughs> Well, we just lost the Dental Association of America as a sponsor. No, they should fucking get up and take your fingers out of that mouth and go and find yourself a good singing job. You know, but, you know, I mean, opera is, I think it's cool as fuck that you're doing opera. And I think I think that you're going to find uh, someone who really cares about you and really cares about opera or really just cares about the fact that you do it i mean it's it's just a beautiful thing and it's you're bringing art and you're bringing beauty into this fucking chaos world and someone needs to do that and you know what sucks is that new york city in the 80s and early 90s they used to have like a stipend money for artists like this so like an opera singer wouldn't have to become a fucking insurance salesman no offense to your insurance salesman but if you could sing opera you shouldn't have to (laughs) (laughs) but you know the thing is like they used to have this program that if you were an artist they would help you with with uh, rent and they would give you cheaper living and they would give you some money every month just so you can keep the art alive in the city and unfortunately that isn't something that they do anymore but there are benefits. I don't know where you live exactly, Beth, but uh, there are towns, even including New York, where there are special things that you can apply for for being an artist. And you, you should apply for those, some cheaper rent and stuff like that because uh, you deserve it. And the world needs people like you. And so you can't give up because if you give up, then opera's going to die. You know? So, I mean, anyone who's young and wants to sing opera, I mean, let's face it. These fucking ambulances. No offense. I'm sorry. Someone's probably dying. I cursing about the ambulance. I'm such a fucking piece of shit. All right. It's because so, oh, there's a it's an ambulance noise going past in my my podcast. So now <laughs> now my whole life's ruined. But like someone's just like having a heart attack down the street, and I'm fucking complaining. It's probably Listen, indigestion. <laughs> the world needs you. If you don't exist, and your peers who are in your field don't exist, then this art form will die. When it comes to opera, because no, one, let's face it, no one's buying the CD anymore. You know, it's not like Pavarotti's day when he could sell millions of CDs to old people. No one's no one's buying it. You know, so you're taking the hit for the for the art. You're you know, it's like learning Sanskrit. You know, like it's got to keep on. You know, otherwise it's gone. I mean, sure we have recordings of it, but you know, nothing's like seeing it live. And so you keep on doing what you're doing, Beth, and you figure out new ways to perform, new ways to get people to listen to opera. 
And uh, I'm sure you have a beautiful voice, and the world needs to hear it, and you keep on doing it. Anything else, Cena? That's it. Go for it, Beth. You attack it. All right. We're cheering for you. I wish uh, I wish I knew how to uh, get people to find your opera. I would love to hear some. Message me again whenever you get th- whenever you hear this, Beth. Obviously, you listen to the show. And please, guys, I'm available on Facebook. Uh, you know, uh, I'm available on uh, Instagram. Uh, I'm available on Twitter. Message me, direct message me. I would love to hear what's going on with you guys. Uh, you hear what's going on with me every fucking week. You know, it'd be nice to hear from you guys. We have a brighter side Facebook page uh, that uh, it gets a little bit of activity. Go on there. It's a good positive place to be. I don't let anyone be negative on there. Uh, I'd appreciate it if you came in and joined the group and just, you know, spread some love. If it's a picture of a puppy. Send a picture of a fucking puppy. If it's, you know, hey, I got this promotion at work. People like to hear about that you know like people who don't get jealous of course but like you know it's good to hear that people do succeed and uh, i'd like to hear what happens with you in the future beth and you just keep on out there and you keep on working hard and you go out there and just be yourself man i mean doing opera is like the epitome of being yourself you know you could have gave up and fucking joined a punk band years ago and like made a little bit of money touring the fucking skinhead circuit you know but (laughs) but you went and you did something real and uh that's you know very commendable and we're, we're all very proud of you um you catch me uh, at Eddie Tunes, on Eddie Tunes underscore on Twitter, Eddie Tunes on Twitter, uh, on Instagram rather. Uh, it's uh, Cena. You are uh, at Cena John. At Cena John across the board. Across the board, hit me up wherever about anything. Absolutely, and listen to uh, do me a favor. Go and check out the other podcast. I started with my cousin Jeff Ross, Thick Skin with Jeff Ross. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, Pirate Bay, and uh, wherever you wherever you find your uh, everywhere but the SoundCloud. Uh, Libsyn, you can find it on there. Uh, and uh, I think that's it. What's a good song to take us out? We got uh, Pink Floyd. Money, you're one of the, you're one of the Pink, Pink Floyd, Floyd Money's going to get us taken out. Uh, <laughs> how about, uh, we'll, we'll just say, uh, oh, man, you know what? I'm Broke by uh, Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears. Check it out. Go. Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears. I couldn't suggest them more. They're the fucking coolest funk band going today. They rock. They're funk. Go see them live. The albums are good. They're amazing live. Go have a good time. Enjoy your life. I'm broke, motherfucker. All right, guys. This has been The Brighter Side. Be good to yourself. A cynic's look at optimism. Go out there. Change the world. Or don't. Go to sleep. Take a nap. Be good to yourself. Fucking enjoy your life. Uh, Pet a dog. Listen to some music. And uh, watch some comedy. Enjoy your life. And uh, let the Jews win. What was that? Don't worry about it. Have a good one. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. 
At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.